everyone, welcome to episode 16 of the Ubuntu Security Podcast, with me, your host, Alex Murray. So this week it's the last episode for 2018, and we're going to have a look at the usual CVEs and vulnerabilities, uh, and we're going to have a bit of a talk about uh, security of home routers, uh, prompted by a report published by the CITL, the Cyber Independent Testing Lab. Okay, so let's get into it. This week, we've uh, resolved 21 unique CVEs across the supported Ubuntu releases. The first one I want to have a talk about is uh, some in LXML, the popular Python, XML, and HTML parser and processor library. In this case, it was one that uh, was related to a previous one in 2014 around uh, the idea where you can have XML documents with embedded links to uh, JavaScript code and that kind of thing. And so this is related to the way that you can embed JavaScript in uh, XML or HTML in particular documents, which is pretty common, obviously, in a lot of web pages. And it wouldn't account for the fact that uh, you could have escaped characters in there, and so those would be able to bypass its uh, regular expression that it used to clean out uh, links and therefore could allow things like uh, cross-site scripting and that kind of stuff. Uh, So that's been fixed. So the next one I want to talk about is a vulnerability in CUPS, the uh, printer server, uh, primarily developed by Apple, uh, but used on Linux as well. And CUPS has a web interface that allows you to interact with it and do things like add and remove printers, that kind of stuff, from the admin console. And to do that, you have to first authenticate. And once you're authenticated, it stores a session cookie uh, to allow you to keep interacting with it without having to re-authenticate each time. However, the way that it would generate the session cookie was quite predictable. It used a simple uh, pseudo-random number generator in the random function, and it would seed this using the current time in seconds, so quite easy to guess or brute force. Uh, So this was fixed uh, to use uh, the time in microseconds, so a lot more higher precision. But uh, in general, this is still uh, using a weak random number generator, and instead should be using something more uh, secure like dev u random rather than just say the random function from libc. So maybe another one that we'll see a future update for. Uh, the next thing we've got to talk about is a regression in Poplar. So this is the uh, PDF rendering uh, engine. And uh, I talked about this in episode 15 where we'd released an update. Uh, unfortunately, that regressed and basically introduced uh, a crash on opening of various PDF files. And so that's now been fixed. So the next one I want to talk about is Pixman, a library that's often used in uh, low-level graphics, uh, stacks, things like X, Wayland, QEMU, that kind of thing. And so this contained uh, an overflow, integer overflow, that would lead to possible stack-based buffer overflow in the way that it computed bounds for various pixel uh, operations. And so uh, in this case, it was an overflow of a pointer to a buffer that was often on the stack. And so this buffer being on the stack, the stack is often allocated at very high addresses. And if you have, say, a large um, image that's there on the stack, uh, the bounds, depending on how the bounds are then calculated into that buffer, it could overflow that pointer value and wrap around basically back to zero. And so uh, this would often result in a crash, uh, uh, but could be used potentially to index other things as well. And so the problem was that it would have a check there to essentially add on to that uh, base of the buffer address with the uh, the length 
and that would potentially overflow and then get compared against uh, the, the final bounds of the buffer and it would appear to be smaller because the value had wrapped around, not because it was actually uh, within the buffer. So the problem was we need to actually check for possible overview overflow before doing the arithmetic and then you do your comparison as a result. So that's now been fixed. Uh, that's been fixed for uh, Precise ESM and Trusty. Uh, the version in uh, later Ubuntu releases was not uh, affected. We've got an update here for Firefox. So we've got 10 different CVEs here that have been addressed. Uh, this is in the latest Firefox 64 that addresses these. Uh, we've got a mix here of the usual sorts of things that we see in Firefox updates, uh, fixes for things like buffer overflows, uh, use after freeze, uh, violation of the same origin policy, um, things like uh, web extensions being able to escape their, uh, their restrictions or their bounds and being able to do things that they're not meant to do, and other various memory safety and corruption bugs have been fixed there as well. I've got a link to the uh, Mozilla advisory for that if you want to go and read more details of those in the show notes. The final one I want to talk about is a fix for free RDP. So uh, library often used for uh, remote desktop connections and things like Ramina and uh, that kind of thing. So if you're doing remote desktop to a, uh, a Windows server or something like that. So these were all found by uh, one researcher, E.R. Litkin. He uh, found multiple vulnerabilities in free RDP. Uh, not all of the CVs affect all the various Ubuntu releases. Uh, the versions in things like um, Trusty and Xenial uh, are maybe not affected due to the age. And that's, uh, that's noted in the, uh, the Ubuntu security notice if you want to go and find more details on that. But basically, we've got the usual sorts of things here for C applications, a bunch of different heap-based buffer overflows. Uh, these would usually lead to a crash and hence denial of service, uh, but potential remote code execution depending on how you can corrupt the heap. And we've got one also that's an out-of-bounds read, so in that case, just a, a crash as a result due to uh, reading outside of the allowed memory range and therefore a denial of service. And they've all been fixed across Trusty, Xenial, Bionic, and Cosmic. Okay, that takes it to the end of the usual uh, CVE and vulnerabilities uh, roundup for the week. The other thing that I wanted to talk about this week was a report that came out recently from the Cyber ITL, the Independent Testing Lab, uh, where they basically analysed a bunch of home routers to look at uh, how um, well hardened they were, uh, particularly toolchain hardening features, that kind of thing. Uh, all of these routers run Linux, and they were a mix of MIPS and ARM devices. And they were essentially looking at various features like address space, layout randomization, or uh, data execute prevention, uh, otherwise known more in the Linux world as uh, non-executable stack, uh, railroad, that kind of stuff. And what they did was uh, basically look, take uh, various routers that were recommended uh, in different consumer reports, uh, download the firmware images for these, and analyze all the various binaries that were contained within there to find out what hardening features had been used. These were then compared against a stock Ubuntu 16.04 x86-64 image, so Xenial, and uh, yeah, to try and figure out basically um, what hardening features were being used and at what percentage across the image. And I've got a link here to the, the paper they published, but it basically finds that most of these routers have a, a very small amount of hardening applied to them. Most of these toolchain features aren't turned on, and where they are, they're only turned on on a few different binaries within the image and not, um, not across the whole image. 
uh, whereas compared to Ubuntu, we try to apply these features to uh, as large a selection of the binaries as possible. For Xenial, this isn't as comprehensive as in Bionic and later releases, uh, but it's still a reasonable coverage there. And uh, yeah, so um, basically showing, I guess, that for a lot of these devices, uh, that that kind of features aren't being placed at the moment as a priority for device makers. And obviously that these are the kind of things they should be using, particularly when a lot of the tool chains uh, support them, they just need to be turned on by default. Uh, the other thing that they found was that uh, when analyzing some of these, that the MIPS architecture itself for Linux, uh, basically up until 2016, was, not, uh, was always running with an executable stack. And this is obviously quite useful if you want to do things like buffer overflows and get code execution. Uh, because uh, you just have to overflow any buffer on the stack with whatever code you want and uh, you will get execution as a result because those buffers are marked executable. This was due to the way that floating point emulation worked where essentially that floating point emulation code was placed on the stack and therefore had to be executed off of the stack. That was changed in 2016. There is no executable stack anymore uh, when a binary is opt into it. But uh, instead, there was placed a fixed uh, read-write executable segment of memory at a fixed location. And that then is quite useful then to bypass address space layout randomization. So unfortunately, MIPS uh, as an architecture for Linux uh, has a number of, I guess, systemic uh, weaknesses. Uh, luckily, you know, I guess in a way, Ubuntu does not support MIPS, so we're not directly affected by this. Uh, but yeah, hopefully something that does get fixed so that the uh, the ecosystem of uh, MIPS devices running Linux can be made more secure overall. Uh, so yeah, as I said, there's a, a link to the, the paper they published there. It's quite an interesting read. The last thing I want to mention is that, as I said at the start, this is the final episode for this year, for 2018. Uh, thanks everyone for listening and listening to episodes. I hope you've enjoyed them. Uh, we're going to be on leave for about the next three weeks, taking a break. And we will uh, start again in about the middle of January. Uh, the next episode I hope to record will be uh, when some of the team are actually in Cape Town uh, doing a uh, planning sprint. And so, yeah, I'll hope to have some special guests along in that episode as well. But uh, in the meantime, I hope everyone you have a, a good break as well. And I will catch you all in the new year. As usual, in the meantime, if you want to get in contact uh, with the Ubuntu security team, you can reach us at security.ubuntu.com. Uh, you can probably find us still hanging out in the Ubuntu Harden channel on the Freenode IRC network, even though uh, normally we are on leave. Uh, or you can probably get us on Twitter at Ubuntu underscore sec. So yeah, thanks for listening, and I will catch you all in about three weeks. Have a good one. Bye.